welcome to the Pups That Play podcast. My name is Karen and I'm a pro dog trainer and fur mom and I will be your host throughout this journey. Together I'm going to be sharing with you training tips, tools, and strategies to help you create a well-mannered, calm, and confident family pet. The best part is we do it all through play. Around here our dogs are part of our family and we want them to live their best lives possible and have it be enjoyable for everyone involved. I am so excited to share today's episode with you, so let's get started. So today we're going to be talking about dog ownership, vision versus reality, okay? So this is something near and dear to my heart, so I'm going to share some personal stories with you guys as we go through this topic. Um, But I want you to start, we all have a vision, or a dream when we get our dogs, okay? And I know this is true. Even this is true if you thought out, deeply thought out, planned getting your dog. Maybe you were signed up on a wait list or waiting for a puppy for a really, really long time. Maybe you always had this dream in your head of a certain dog, certain dog breed, certain way that things were going to be when you owned a dog, Maybe it was, you know, you grew up with dogs and then you were getting one for yourself when you were out on your own, whatever it is. And But this even applies to those spur of the moment, like this dog fell in my lap and now they're my dog kind of situations. There's always a moment, there's always a point where you stop and you kind of picture what would life be like with this dog? What What is my dream here? What is my vision? And this is so personal. So this is so, so different for every single person. So for example, when I got my Sheltie Zeppelin, it was planned out in a sense. I knew that I wanted one. Um, when I lived at home, um, I, we had a family pet. It was a border collie mix. I loved Roscoe to death, but I moved out and I got my own place. And of course he was the family dog. He could not come with me (laughs) as sad as I was because he was really my mom's dog, probably more than anybody else's. So I knew that I wanted a dog. I knew that, you know, I loved dogs. I worked in the animal industry. There was no way I wasn't going to have my own dog. And when I was in high school, we had to complete a certain amount of volunteer hours and I had done mine volunteering at a local agility trial. And if you've ever been to an agility trial or seen the sport of dog agility, you will notice that there are certain breeds (laughs) that are more represented than others at these things. Border Collies, yes, being one of them, Um, Shelties being another. And when I was at this trial, I saw these Shelties running and they were just so adorable. I instantly fell in love with the breed. They were smaller. They were cute. I'd like fluffy little. I loved it. They were smart. They were quick. They were just, I I loved everything about them. I instantly fell in love with this breed. So of course I moved out and I'm like, I'm going to get my own dog. And I'm like, I want a Sheltie. I want a Sheltie. And in my mind, I'm like, they're small. I was living in an apartment at the time. And I'm like, oh, perfect. Small dog. Good for an apartment. You might be laughing at me right now, but that's not the point. (laughs) Um, This is the breed that I want. And of course, I wanted to rescue one. So I looked um, at the local rescue. It was the Southern Ontario Sheltie Rescue because I was living in Ontario at the time for different rescues. And of course, I applied to adopt a Sheltie from them and I was denied. 
funny because guess what? I lived in an apartment building and I did not have a fenced backyard and that was like a non-negotiable for the rescue. You could not own one. And it was heartbreaking because I wanted this. I had this vision in my head of this adorable Sheltie that I was going to own and it was going to work. And so I ended up turning to Kijiji (laughs) and I found somebody who was looking to get rid of a Sheltie on Kijiji. And that's where I found Zeppelin. And if you've listened to his story, um, I did a whole podcast episode on it. So I won't dive into that right now. Story of a Sheltie. If you want to hear it, go check that one out. But I ended up getting this dog. And my vision of what life was going to be like with this little dog all of a sudden came crashing down around me because he was a dog that had lived in a barn and I was living on the 15th story of an apartment building and he was not house trained. He had no manners. He had never been formally trained. He had never been in a house. He had never been on a leash. He had never been any of these things. So we were starting from scratch and it was really, really stressful for the first little while. This can happen. So sometimes our current reality, the current reality where we are with our dog is nowhere near what we wanted. So you have this vision, you have this dream. Maybe your dream when you got your dog was you wanted a active companion. Maybe you like to run. Maybe you like to hike. Maybe you love to go camping and you wanted a dog that was going to go on all these adventures with you, going to go running with you. But maybe you're in a situation now where you have this dog and maybe they're really bad on a leash. Maybe they have zero recall, so they can't go on off-leash hikes with you. Maybe they're reactive to other dogs. So when you're out camping or hiking or walking or whatever it is, anybody that any other dog that they see or person or bike or car or whatever it is, maybe they freak out and all of a sudden this is stressful. Maybe your vision and your dream when you got your dog was you wanted a companion. You wanted somebody that when you came home from work, they were there to greet you and then you guys could snuggle up on the couch together and watch Netflix or whatever it is, just chill and relax. And that's what you wanted. But maybe you have a dog now that just wants to run circles around you. Maybe their energy is just way, way, way higher than you were ever expecting. They don't want to lay on the couch. They want to go do stuff. They want to fetch. They want to eat the couch cushions because they're bored. Like it just, it's, it's not what you hoped for. It's not what's lining up for you. And this happens. So I want you to know, first off, number one, that you are not alone. Like this happens way more often than people want to admit. It's happened with me with pretty much every dog I've ever owned. All of them take work. None of them ever have fallen into that beautiful vision that I had when I got them. My second dog, Breeze, is another prime example of what happens when our vision of dog ownership does not pan out. I got her as a puppy. She was a rescue. When I got her, I had Zeppelin. I was deep into the dog sport world of agility. I was competing and training weekly and I loved it. And I wanted another sport dog. I wanted a dog that was going to be amazing at this. And she kind of came up out of nowhere and I adopted this little puppy and I'm like, this is perfect. I have a puppy. She had so much energy. She was this crazy ball of just insaneness which would not work out for a lot of people but in my mind I'm like she is gonna be a sport dog we are gonna compete it's gonna be great I'm gonna train her from day one and we're gonna have so much fun together and 
I loved that little puppy. She was so cute. She was crazy. She was just, she fit right in. She got along so well with Zeppelin. It was perfect. And, you know, we went through everything. And the minute she was finished her, we didn't even do regular puppy glasses. We did sport foundation puppy glasses. <laughs> so we, we were going to dive right into it. And the minute she graduated two rounds of that, we went straight into her very first agility classes at six months. And that she was like a terror on the dog. I'm like, oh my gosh, this dog is so fast. I'm never going to keep up with her. This is going to be awesome. And then life happens. Very shortly after we completed that first session of agility classes, my husband and I sold our house, packed up our entire life, moved halfway across the country. And we basically moved from dog sport heaven, like where There were so many different clubs and places that you could train and compete in all sorts of different dog sports. It was such an amazing place to be to middle of nowhere, Saskatchewan, where I swear there's like three places in the entire province that do any kind of dog sport training or competitions. And all of them are, I think the closest is like an hour and a half one way. One of them's like four hours. One of them's like six. Like (laughs) there's nothing out here. Nobody's doing it. And I went through this really hard time of losing that part of our life. And it was okay because Zeppelin was getting older. So we weren't competing as much with him and it was fine. But all of a sudden I had Breeze, this little dog that was, she was going through her teenage phase, didn't have the outlet that I originally planned for her to have. I had a newborn well, a six-month-old at the time, and life just got busy, which is what happens. But she never, I hate to say she's going to be 10, she never got to do dog sports. She never got to compete in agility. We had tried lure coursing with her as well, and man, is she a speed demon. She would have like so excelled at that kind of thing, but there was nowhere for me to do it, and I was busy, and like excuse, 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 whatever you want to say, Life didn't pan out that way. And I'm really, really sad to say, but because we went through this busy period of time, she wasn't getting out as much anymore. We weren't burning the energy the way that she should. She actually started to develop develop a lot of anxiety and a lot of stress. And because we had moved halfway across the country to a place where we didn't really know anybody, we knew like two people, my brother and my dad eventually moved out here. Nobody was really coming over to the house and she now is very, very reactive to other people, to strangers. It's very hard to have someone come over to our house because she reacts. She had an incident at one point too where we were at a dog park and she went off on a guy and dog parks are a whole other story of why they're not my favorite, but that made it even worse. And all of a sudden, my vision, here was my vision to grow up with this dog, to have her grow, compete, to have a sport that we could do together, to enjoy it, to travel around and and compete and have this companion dog that was also a sport dog. And that was going to be our life to, okay, I now have two kids. We're living in the middle of nowhere Saskatchewan and I can't do dog sports anymore. I don't even have time, even if I wanted to probably. And she is now this anxious, like, little dog. What do I do? That's, it, it's heartbreaking. It wasn't, it wasn't what I want. So the first thing is relationships take work. 
it's going to take work. So if you are in this situation where you're looking at your dog and you are stressed and your relationship with your dog is not what you wanted it to be, and you're like, what do I do? Maybe you're at your wit's end. Relationships take work. It's not impossible, but it's going to take some time. You guys need to work together. So the very, very first step, we're going to go through some steps if you find yourself in this situation where what you wanted to do with your dog, the vision you had with your dog is not your reality. We're going to go through some steps that you can take to help fix this. And the very, very first step is management. Okay? Management is huge. It is my first step with everything, with any training I do with people, with any training I do with my dogs, other people's dogs, it does not matter. Management is key. And I'm going to do like a whole deep dive into management so you can know exactly what it is. Once I get that one done, I will link it in the description below. But manage it. So find those things that are causing you stress. Find the, the things that are not working with your dog and manage it. So for example, with Breeze, she's very, very reactive to other people. So we management manage it if people come over because now we've met some people we have friends sometimes they want to come over to our house if people come over I know that she doesn't do very well with that so she goes in her crate it's a safe place for her it's not a punishment it's a safe place for her I usually give her some kind of enrichment in there at the time some kind of frozen kong long-term chew something like that something that she enjoys And she goes in there. Or maybe we will go out and hang out in the backyard and she'll hang out in the house. Is it ideal? Is it what I wanted with our relationship with the dog? Heck no. (laughs) But it's where we are at. And we are going to manage it. Because remember, what our dogs do is what our dogs become. The more they rehearse a behavior, the more second nature it becomes to them. So we don't want them to be put in these situations. We don't want them to rehearse those bad behaviors. We don't want the stress. It's stressful for them. It's stressful for you. Just don't do it. (laughs) So if you are in the situation where maybe your goal was to have a running partner, but your dog is reactive to other people or to cars or to, you know, just maybe they just have really, really bad leash manners. Don't take them on your runs. It's, you're not going to enjoy it. You're not going to get a good run. They're not going to enjoy it. They're going to be stressed because you're stressed and nobody's happy. Just don't do it. So manage the behavior first. Not going to be the rest of your life for the most part, depending on the dog and the situation. But it's going to help you, number one. Then you got to have a little empathy for your dog and you got to understand the behavior. Where is it coming from? What is happening? Is there a need that's not getting met? Is it a natural behavior? So back to the example of maybe you got a dog just to be a companion and you just want to hang out with them and chill out and snuggle, watch some movies, just, just be like a chill companion dog maybe go for a short walk or something and then just hang out at home, but your dog is just strung, maybe their natural breed or natural behavior is to be high energy. Do you have a dog that you want to go on off-leash hikes with, but they keep running off and chasing everything? Maybe you have a dog that like, are they, number one, are they a herding breed? (laughs) Because maybe you have a dog that their natural behavior, their natural instinct is to be very aware of movement and to chase 
movement, to chase things. Maybe that's just their natural behavior. So understand, try to understand where your dog is coming from. I know that might sound kind of woo to some people, but it really, really is important. And it really does help when you're having that stress between you and your dog of what you wanted isn't happening. Try to understand why it's happening. Try to understand where the behavior that you don't want is coming from, from your dog. Okay? And then what we're going to do is we're going to decide what we want instead. So are there skills that we can teach them that they need to be able to do this? You want to go for a run with your dog? You want them to run nicely on a leash beside you? Let's teach them leash, good leash skills, right? You want to go for off-leash hikes with your dogs, but they take off? Let's teach them how to have a solid recall. Let's teach them how to stay in proximity with you. Find these skills. My dog breathes. If I want to have people come over and she's really, really stressed, well, I can work to build her optimism so she doesn't look at people and go, "Uh uh-oh, weird person coming in my house. I need to be scared and upset because maybe this is dangerous. We can work on building her optimism so she starts to see new people as like, hey, new person. Maybe this is a good thing. Or even disengagement. Like, hey, new person in my house. You know what? It's really none of my business. I'm going to go lay over here and do my own thing. Do I really need her to interact with the people that come in my house? No. I just need her to be comfortable and the people who come over to be comfortable. So if they really all want to ignore each other, I'm okay with that. Find out what you're okay with. Decide what you want them to do instead. Decide is there a middle ground you guys can come to or can you actually work with them and teach them the skills you want for them to be able to do that dream that you had when you got them. Break it down. Start small. Okay. You're going to, this is going to be, you're in it for the long run. Okay. This is not going to get better overnight, but it is going to be get better. Break it down. Start small. How can you start to fix this? How can you start to work with them? Manage it and then teach them skills. Manage it and then, you know, maybe management becomes a part of it and that's, and you're okay with that. Figure out what you're okay with and work with them. And that's the other thing. Work at your dog's pace. Work with them. You can't force them through it. You can't force them, especially if you're working against a natural behavior You need to work with your dog and you need to understand that there's going to be days and there's going to be moments that they just, it's not going to work. My biggest, biggest recommendation when it comes to having this situation with maybe you have a lot of stress with your dog because what you wanted and your vision of having that dog just isn't panning out right now. Find something you guys can enjoy together. Find something that you can do together. Maybe it's just teaching them tricks at home. Maybe it's, you know, going for on-leash walks in the park versus off-leash hikes. Like find, find a middle ground. Find something that you guys can do together. My Sheltie, for example, he was a lot, had a lot of fear. He had no confidence. We started doing agility. And it was something that we could enjoy together. He was okay doing that. And it helped build that bond between us. It became this huge thing. Did it teach him, also teach him skills that he needed to become a better behaved dog? Yes, definitely. He ended up being the best behaved dog I have ever had in my life. And we built that bond. I had such a good, strong relationship with him. But it's so important right now in this moment to find something that you guys can enjoy together. And do that. Do it with them. Just just because maybe right now where you're at with your dog isn't where you want it to be, it doesn't mean you guys can't enjoy each other's company where you're at 
now. Find something that you can do with them. And the other thing, the last note that I want to leave you guys with with this topic is understand that sometimes some situations just don't work. It is rare, but there definitely are times where it's just not going to work, especially if you're working against natural behaviors or certain situations. Like I've worked with some clients with um, their dogs and uh, littermate syndrome. So getting two puppies from the same litter or even two puppies from different litters, but the same age at the same time, you can run into a lot of problems with these kinds of things. And unfortunately, sometimes the best solution is to just not continue. For example, with the littermate syndrome, I had one client, they got two littermates, they were having extreme difficulty with them. It is very hard to work through, not impossible, but very, very hard. It's one of those situations where prevention is key. And they ended up having to rehome one of the puppies to another family. Was it hard? Yes, it was hard for me. It was hard for them. It was probably hard on the puppies in the beginning. But did it end up working out for everybody involved in the long run? Yes, because they were able to build that relationship now with the dog that they kept. The other dog was able to build a good relationship with their new family. They were able to start doing stuff together. The problem started going away. It, it, it worked. And I want you to release the guilt. I know that's so much easier said than done. But it's not your fault. It's not your fault that you're here. It's not your fault that the vision and dream is not panning out. Release the guilt. Accept where you're at. Accept where your dog is at. And then, like I said, manage it. Understand the behavior. Decide where you want to go. Decide what you want to do instead. Build the skills. Work with them. Do stuff you can enjoy together now and work towards it. Or... If it's an extreme, extreme situation and it's just causing you way too much stress, it's not good for the dog, it's not good for you, that's okay. Sometimes it doesn't work and sometimes rehoming or finding a different answer is the answer. It's better in the long run if you can't put in what needs to be done or, or, or you're just working against something that's just too much of a natural behavior that the dog would be much better suited to elsewise. For an example, we grew up, we had our one dog. He was a pointer, German shorthair pointer, purebred puppy. Very, very smart. Very, very high energy. Very, very knew how to get out of the house, <laughs> get out of the yard. He escaped a lot because he wanted to to go. He wanted to go sniff things. He wanted to go hunt. He wanted to go do all these natural behaviors that were natural for him. My mom got him as a companion dog. And because we saw him and we're like, mommy, he's a puppy. He's so cute. Let's have him. It, we tried a lot of different things. It was not working out. We ended up rehoming him to a gentleman who lived on a big piece of property, who was a hunter. He got trained as a gun dog. He lived a very, very happy life. Could we have kept him? Yeah, of course. We could have definitely worked through, like I, I was a kid at the time, so I didn't have any training ba background. And my mom was a new dog owner. She had no idea. So we just were not the right family for him at that time. We weren't able to provide him with what he needed. And it caused a lot of stress when, he, when we had him. 
he did really, really well when we were able to rehome him to someone who was able to tap into his natural gifts. We missed him? Yes, yes, we did. But we ended up getting another dog that fit our family much better and had him for 15 years and he was an amazing, amazing dog. So that is today's topic. I know it was a little bit of a deeper one, but I just, I wanted to put it out there because I feel like there's a lot of people in this situation where your, your dream, your vision of having a dog just is not panning out the way you wanted to. And a lot of us don't talk about it. And of course, with social media out there, everybody shares your highlight reels and everybody sees all these amazing dogs and these amazing relationships. And you might be sitting there thinking, well, that's not mine. What do I do? This is not working out for me. I, I wanted this and it's not happening. Number one, you're not alone and it takes work. You can get there. You totally can. Maybe you need to change what you're doing. Maybe you need to change your plan. There was another quote out there that another dog trainer mentor that I follow has said, you don't change your destination. You change your route. You change your game plan. You change how you're going to get there. And for a lot of times that can work. There's a small sliver where it's just not going to work. Release the guilt around that. But you're not alone. You can work with your dog. You can get there. Maybe your dream isn't going to be exactly the way you wanted it to. You might, but working with your dog and building that relationship with them, you might find one that you didn't even think you could have. And it turns out being better than anything you ever thought possible. Thank you so much for tuning into today's episode. If you liked what you heard, please feel free to leave us a review wherever you listen to your podcast. You can learn more about us by checking out our website, www.prairiepups.com. You can connect with us more directly over on Instagram at prairie underscore pups, or you can reach out to us at any time, info at prairiepups.com. Thank you again so much for listening and we'll see you in the next one.